Welcome to All the Little F's podcast, where we talk faith, family, fun, in no particular order, because like most of these things, they do intertwine. I am your host, Martha, and joining me this evening is my Mr. Marvell. Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get right into it, Marvell. What is it today? What's the subject? So I know we've been talking here about... Um, what is an expensive purchase and how does one um, come to grips with making large purchases? I, for one, don't like spending money. I guess I'm a little frugal, but then I kind of go crazy and then I, I buy a $3,000 refrigerator <laughs> at four o'clock, four o'clock in the morning and it doesn't fit in our home. So... Yes, I'm an impulse buyer, but at times, you know, I, I am conservative and frugal with my money. I heard my cousin Polly say one time, um, a man said to him, I've got the first dollar I made when I started working. Polly's like, I don't even have the last dollar I made from working. <laughs> so there's two people in life. Um, there are savers and there are spenders. And then how do you, how do you gauge yourself? Hmm. Recently, I, I, I had to uh, buy a new pair of shoes uh, mm. for work. You remember? Right, right. Definitely. Yeah. So I got a promotion in, I think it was September. And by October, I needed new shoes. So I have a little extra money. I start shopping online. My heart wants what my heart wants. And... A three months debate into should I buy a pair of shoes <laughs> is a hundred dollars too much for a pair of shoes well I think yours is kind of cut and dry that um yeah you're a boss you're you're the manager new promotion new position you wanted to obviously you should probably dress the job and a hundred dollar shoes is not really that expensive to you know to dress the way you're supposed to be dressing at work so you know me, myself, I, I am a natural conservative, I think. So I would be a Republican in a, a righteous world where you could be a Republican or Democrat. But we won't get into that political discussion today. Now, now, we don't talk politics here. Right. Remember, faith, family, fun. Yeah. No politics. No okay. politics. Gotcha. So. Yeah, because I don't think anybody's ever going to be on our same politics. No. <laughs> I'm out there. Yeah. So. But... So yeah, I was always, I'm always been conservative and sp like spending far as clothes growing up even and into my adulthood. Obviously, you you think differently than when you were younger. You wanted to, probably the most expensive, but my parents grandparents were not going to get the most expensive. I can get some moderately, you know, $70, maybe $80. That was considered expensive, you know? And um yeah, I was, even in my adulthood, yeah, I think I was fairly conservative. Uh, heck, I used to shop at Walmart, Ross, or somewhere like that. Discounted clothes always, and um, I think I fared pretty well, dressed pretty well, decently. So. Yeah, I grew up pretty poor, and my first name brand shoes, I think I told you this, were Fila's. My mother bought them through a calendar, not a calendar, a catalog. And they were, if this was 1996, these were probably, for 
from 1970s. These were some some new feelers in the box that never got sold <laughs> and ended up in a catalog. And my mom's like, oh, you want name brand shoes? I'll buy you name gotcha. brand shoes. She didn't know I wanted the Dennis Rodman zip-up shoes. That's what I wanted. But what I got was a pair of Fila's. And then my second name brand, well, like Nikes, I, I told you, I, I scalvaged those, <laughs> you know. Um, my Yeah, I remember talking to my friend John, you know, between October and December when I was um debating on buying these shoes i was like john you know a hundred dollars that's a lot of money to pay on a pair of shoes don't you think <laughs> and john you know he's my pastor friend and he's like martha you know you're in a place of authority you need to dress like you're the <laughs> boss and da, da, da. fills my head i was like yeah yeah you're right but then he takes me back to you're having these struggles because of the way you grew up. You know, you grew up with limited finances. This was outside of your means. So now that you have the means, it's still ingrained into your mind that it's outside of your it's means. extreme spending. Yeah. But I think you mentioned that as long as, you know, we're doing the Lord's will, you know, we're paying our tithes, we're helping out the church, we're coming um to the feast with something if we're doing our part for the lord and then beyond that you know we're keeping our household household <laughs> household in order yeah. you know and then we have a little bit of an inheritance for our son stay you know stashed away um you know the the lord says you know how, how does the verse that Bowie often says um What's about your heart's desire. What your heart's desire. Cash you know. in, you know, your your grains and your this and your that. If it's too far to journey for the feast and, yeah. you know, buy, strong you know, the best drink. the best of what you want and that strong drink. Right. Even Jack Daniels, as he Even would say. Jack Daniels. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's all good. And, um, yeah, I, I obviously still conservative, but I will agree on things that are obviously needed and you know within means obviously yeah i guess i'm you know with everything i do i try to have a conscious thought about um would this be pleasing to the lord and then if i do it and it is pleasing to the lord how will others perceive it how will i be able to talk to others about my decision and i guess with the shoes i said okay it's neither it's not against the Lord and he has blessed me to be able to buy the shoes. So they there in itself should be okay. Right. But then I started struggling with, well, what if other people say to me, well, Martha, you bought a hundred dollar pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, last year you were wearing $20 shoes. If you would have just continued to wear $20 shoes, you could have took the $80 difference and done X, Y, and Z with it. Yeah, you're right. And then my mind goes to wander. And I was like, you're right. I could have spent that $80 on something else. And it makes me, you know, I guess I don't want, how do they say, I don't want to be a stumbling block to other people. So I, I guess I perceive that if my shoes could be a stumbling block, I don't know exactly how or why. Yeah, I just don't I think I how. worry that if people see my shoes, they, they think that, 
it's a luxury i don't know mm. and then they're going to consider me one of those christians mm. <laughs> you know the um everybody put a hundred dollars in we're gonna buy the pastor a ferrari mm-hmm. i think i think there's gonna always be somebody that you're never gonna have everybody on your side and there's always gonna be pocket as they call it in pocket how do you say watchers they're just gonna watch whatever any someone else is spending so i mean you know i don't worry about that because even if you say you're a christian and you got money to spend and you decide to buy something a brother might buy him a 500 or a thousand dollar watch so be it as long as it's out of your own pocket and it's not costing you anywhere else far as your rent you know food for your children things that are most important so you want to buy you uh, something and you got that it's so it's okay but do you recall what the modesty obviously i i would mention all of this but um like i said i don't know how much that person makes they may have enough where that is nothing to them to me i ain't getting no thousand dollar watch I ain't getting no five hundred dollar watch. It just ain't happening, you know. So, but do you recall what the uh, rich man said to Jesus? What can I do to inherit the the hmm. kingdom? What must I do then? You know, to uh, how did he say for eternal life? For eternal life. Inherit eternal life. Jesus told him to um, sell off his possessions. Not first. Not first. He told him to keep the commandments. Ah. He said he does all those things since he was a child. He's done Correct. all those things. Correct. Uh, you got me there. Then he kept questioning Jesus. So Jesus already knew what his problem was. So when he said that, I was a Jesus there to bring back life, eternal life, to offer it back to man. Jesus told him to sell everything. This is your problem. Sell everything you got. And follow me. Give it to the poor. Give your money to the poor. And follow me. His problem was covetedness. He coveted his money. His riches. And he couldn't give that up. For eternal life. So he coveted. Yes, you're right. That was his God. And that was his problem. Jesus just told him simply, hey, keep the commandments and you're going to get eternal life. But he kept questioning. I do all of that. What is my... What, what else must I... Okay, you got a problem. I'm going to let you know what your problem is. You keep questioning me. Yeah. So, so that's, I, I think that's found in Matthew 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it really quickly. And in, in the ESV version, it's not typically the one we read, but I find it, um, I haven't noticed it before, but it, it is say, you know how they paraphrase the what you're about to read? It's actually a rich man refuses to, to follow, follow Jesus. Right. It says a, a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good things must I do to have eternal life? Right. Jesus answered, Why do you call me Why good? Only God is good. Right. But if you want to have eternal life, obey the law's commands. <laughs> The man asked, which ones? Jesus answered, you must not murder anyone. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not tell lies about others. You must respect your father and mother and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The young man said, I have obeyed all of these commands. What else do I do? (laughs) So I guess he's 
he's debating about the $100 shoes, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did ask Jesus a specific question. What must I do? So Jesus told him his problem, case specific. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, then go sell all your stuff you own and right. give that money to the poor. Right. And you will have riches in heaven. Right. Then come follow me. Come follow me. But when the young man heard Jesus tell him to give away his money, mm. he was sad. sad. He didn't want to do this Ooh. because he was very rich. Very rich. So he left. Coveted that money. That was his guy. Then Jesus said to his followers, this is true. It will be very hard for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. Yes, tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The followers were amazed to hear this and asked, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, this is something that people cannot do, but only God can. Peter said to him, we left everything we had and followed you. So what will we have? Hmm, good question. Jesus said to them, when the time of the new world comes, the son of man will sit on his great and glorious throne. Hmm. And I can promise that you will follow that. I'm sorry. I can promise that you who followed me will sit on the 12 thrones and you will judge over the 12 tribes of Israel. Hmm. Everyone who left the house, judges. everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, children, or farms to follow me will get much more than they left hmm. and they will have eternal life. Correct. Many people who are first now will be last in the future. Mm. And many who are last now will be first in the future. Yes, and last means in the future to be last. Unfortunately, it ain't good. It's not a good thing to be last. Yeah, because I know... Kind of, kind of like where the scripture says... You'll be, if you, you teach a man to do, break the commandments and lie and steal and cheat and kill, you break, teach him to keep, break the commandments, basically, it's paraphrasing it, um, it says you'll be the least in the kingdom of heaven. Some modern day Christians, they don't understand what the least in the kingdom of heaven means. They think, oh, I'll be in there. No, you, 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 you'll be in the lake of fire. That's the least in the kingdom of heaven. They don't understand what that statement is saying. Least is not good. So, yeah, that's paraphrasing that. Yeah. yeah so. But I recall we talked about um, the different pastors who, you know, asked for jet planes and extravagant things from their congregation. I'm just so concerned. Like, I don't want to be perceived as doing something against God. I just, in my mind, I can't fathom how any man of God can ask their their flock, their sheep, to buy them a jet plane or a Ferrari. Or even if, because like I was about to say, 
I know a lady who is a treasurer at a local church and she's telling me, oh, Martha, my congregation is saving up to buy our pastor a Ferrari. <laughs> I said, why are you going to buy him a Ferrari? Right. Mind you, they are, he already drives a brand new Mercedes that the church bought right. just last year. Right. Because she shared that with me. And I said, well, why are you going to buy him a Ferrari? He has a really nice car. Didn't you guys just buy him a really nice car? Oh, he deserves really nice deserves. things. That's, oh. I don't like to just go all out and just call it what it is, but that sounds like some false prophet and some blind prophets, blind sheep. Because, um, you know, you got your Mercedes. That's a, that's a nice vehicle. In and, and of itself, that's a luxury the vehicle. The man of God should not be allowing his congregation to operate that way. And he shouldn't be operating that way, asking for things for of the congregation on that level. Like, if they pay him a wage, he makes a really nice wage. The money should be helping the members of the church or the poor and whoever need it, however they can help the community. But, hey, y'all, let's get the pastor a Ferrari. Like, what is going on yeah. there? That, like, come on. You know, and I was what? trying to reason with her. And I think I might have even brought this this um, scripture up about the rich man. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. My, my pastor is a man of God. You know, this is a nice thing. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. No. And I'm just like, you guys have a church in the inner city. I know the people that go to your congregation. They're not rich people. A lot of your congregation folks don't even have cars. But yet, you guys are going to save up. Lust of the flesh. Lust you, of know, the you know, you can't make somebody change their mind. But right. all you can do is, you know, hey, try to reason with them and right. give them a little, you know, So much something. community outreach they can do with that. Helping the feeding the poor nearby, the homeless. You know, so many things they can do. But they're going to buy a Ferrari. Okay. Like, Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really over the top. Yeah, and you know, I, I compared it to the Creflo dollar, you know, when he was asking for the jet plane. And she's like, it's nothing like that. We it's, want to do this. And I was like, why is it any different? Well, he asked his congregation because guess what? They wanted to give him a, the plane too. Exactly. They probably bought it for him. Who knows? <laughs> he wouldn't have asked if they wouldn't have did it. I heard so. Kenneth Copeland saying that he couldn't ride first class. Well, he couldn't ride a commercial airplane because there were de <laughs> the demons inside yeah. of the airplane. And if he was going to get out, I think he was going to Israel. And he's like, I can't, I can't ride in the in the tube with demons. That's why I have to travel. And I'm just like, First class, private. I, I don't even know what to say to that. And it's just like, These false prophets can you show me in the Bible? Where you get this philosophy, where you get this teaching, this doctrine you're, you're from. You're a man of God and you're worried about demons. You're supposed to be filling people with the word. So you ain't worried about demons coming off of them getting on you. But you follow, he full of some demons. All he want is that money and he wants that private jet. So, yeah, I don't know what demons he's talking about. He's the demon. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, I can't go in the, the demon tube with them. Demons. But why? The 12 were told to go out and cast out demons and do all these righteous things in God's name. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't you have go. to do greater them things than prophets, what the they, Lord, they tell you know, themselves. started to do. They tell on themselves. Just let them talk enough. And you read the scriptures. 
you will see they they talking way different than scriptures is so they tell on themselves let them talk you know but sadly you know people nowadays don't even know how to split the word and to to identify if they're being lied to or right. if they're being told the truth well that's what i tell a lot of people it's like the it's literally like that more that movie the matrix although we got some gnostic individuals and it's it's based more worldly based but that movie is a perfect analogy or whatever you want to call it comparative to the world people asleep most people believe something and they can't tell you how they believe why they believe what they believe then the bible says test the spirits so you're supposed to be questioning everything Everything somebody tells you something about the scriptures, sh sh they don't even understand how to prove a point. But if you according question, to the Bible. but mind you, if you question a prophet of of the current day, then they are going to say, or their followers are going to say, "Touch not the anointed." Oh well, I'm not well, going to touch him. I'm going <laughs> to touch him with the sword of the spirit. That that Bible, and he got to prove what he's talking about. The Bible says two or more witnesses are fact established. So that alone, you teach somebody that that don't know nothing about the scriptures, that alone gives them an uh, edge on most anybody that calls themselves a Christian today. They don't understand how powerful that is. They can go to any pastor or whatever, somebody that calls themselves a prophet, prove to me why you believe what you believe according to the scriptures. Show me two or more people in the scriptures that's saying the same thing you're saying, and I'll roll with what you're talking about, with your point, your fact. They can't. Most of them, if it's outside of the scriptures, they can't prove it. I don't care if it's Sunday, the Sabbath, whatever, Easter, Christmas. It's that clean cut. That's how that, that word is. It's clean cut. They can't defend it. And they can't show it to you in the scriptures. Therefore, it's from outside of the scriptures. And it's a false doctrine. The Bible says, you know... You serve God in spirit and in truth. And that truth part, boy. And then if it ain't the truth, that means it's another spirit. You, It's it's that clean cut. You know? The and simplicity of Christ. That's it. Simplicity. You've got to wait until the scales come off of your eyes to actually see the simplicity of Christ. Because the modern world is going to tell you the simplicity of Christ is that the Ten Commandments have been done away with. You're free to do whatever you want. That's freedom through Christ. They don't comprehend. I believe on Christ. Simple. Yeah, it's simple as that. I believe on Christ. But what does the Bible say? If this is our instructions on how we live our life, how we're learning to be pleasing to the Lord, what does the Bible say about it? Yeah, that's 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 key right there. And um, I, I wish I had the scripture with me in Revelations 22, I think, where it basically lets you know. And it's basically talking about the commandments. And, you know, if you ain't keeping those commandments these are the individuals these are the kind of people that aren't going to enter into the kingdom they're going to the outer darkness the lake of fire and it's basically just breaking the commandments down i mean the end book is telling you you got to keep the commandments every work is going to come into going to be judged every work 
So that, that throws out the window. We don't have to do no works. We just have to believe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's uh, Revelations 22. And I think they start at 14 usually mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're reading that. Yes. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have right to the tree of life mm-hmm. and may enter into the gates. Yes. Who's the tree of life? Jesus. <laughs> Something we're not taught on Sundays. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Sounds like the Ten Commandments to me. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> I was just thinking, I think it's what, First John, when he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Yeah. And, um, it's, that, it's that clean cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, we'll, I we'll, we'll keep you in the New Testament and just put all of that on the table, you know. But the Bible says, um, but even if you stay in the New Testament, that John Revelation, that's, right. New, Testament. that's New Testament. Revelation's gonna testify of what's to come in right. in and what's just, to come. We're we're gonna be keeping the commandments. commandments. We're gonna be serving the Lord. Ain't nothing changed. Keeping the the Sabbath day. Nothing changed. Keeping the feast days. Right. But yet we're not taught that. Right. That's the that's the spiritual sleep that's on the world, and most Christians don't understand that. They just they it doesn't compute. So when I'm talking to them humbly, I just talk to them with love, and I just let them know. I try to make them think, like explain yourself. That's all I'm asking. Why do you believe what you believe? How long have you been in the church? That's plenty of time. I, you shouldn't have to go to your pastor. Tell me why you show me in the scriptures why you believe what you believe, and you have to make them think. Um, you have to make them think and prove those points. And when they realize I'm lacking. Like, okay, you're, you're 20 years, you're 30 years, you're 40 years lacking. That's that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Their family is their friends. How are you going to pull them out of that? It's a, it's a, almost, it is what it is. It's a cult of no knowledge. And that's what the scriptures say. Wisdom is, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But with all you're getting, get knowledge and understanding. But there's no knowledge and understanding. They fear the Lord, but... You know, the Lord ain't dealing with them because they ain't keeping his commandments. Well, not everybody they're... fears the Lord because right. remember, God is love and God is blah, love. blah, 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 blah. God... fear the Lord, someone told me. Yeah. Yeah, someone But told again, me. we can read throughout the Bible that fear is not a bad thing. Fear will cause you to obey. I want to say right. it was in, I know it's Israel in the, in the wilderness. Um, when was it? When they were, but that that's what it was. That's um, that's God Solomon came to said. them and the ca- fear the caused Lord fear to come on them so they would obey. Right. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but with all you're getting, get knowledge and understanding. You have to fear him because if you don't, you ain't going to do what he say. You know, when you read the scriptures, that fear comes in like, oh man, he 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 cut people off for some basic stuff. Like, you know, he, he left it there for our, our example that when he... Time runs out when it's, you know, time. He don't wish for nobody to perish, but iniquity and evil and sinners got to go. You know, you're going to live forever. Nobody's, you're going to live forever. Death is just a detour, but you're going to spend forever somewhere. 
somewhere. And that's, yep. that's all you got. That's the choice you got. You're here to make. Yeah. Where but are you going? To get back on topic, you know, if we're talking about money and what you do, you know, in the end, if you're doing something that's pleasing to the Lord, you know, you're, you're keeping your obligations to him, you're keeping your obligations to your household, you're able then to care for maybe the sick or the needy, the poor, you know, you're able to help somebody in need. Right. Then you're making it. Yeah. I so mean, it's just kind of keeping that it in job mind. Is the way you earn your money and you promote yourself and financially so that you can do all of these things. So when it comes down to a hundred dollar pair of shoes, <laughs> that's just not that's not over the top. It was a that's three extreme, month you know? back and forth debate. Right. And that's should pretty, I buy these shoes? That was a lot of restraint and patience there. Back and I forth, mean, back and forth. Should I buy him? Should I not? Should I buy him? Should I not? I mean, look how long I was thinking about buying a two hundred dollar pair of hike. You know, they're more like they were like multitask boots, hiking slash tactical boots for work. And um, I was like, oh man, but I, you know what? If I spend two hundred dollars on some, I'm wearing them out. They were so, so they were like. That kind of shoes, very tough, durable, waterproof even, I think. But also they were casual-like. You could wear them with outfits just going to hang out, jeans, you know. So I was like, man, I'm going I'm to give all my money out of them. I'm going <laughs> to buy something that I could use in different kind of, you know, outings. So, you know. But I never bought them, but... I was, I was, I, that's how conservative I am. I wasn't going to spend $200, although <laughs> I really, really wanted those boots. Really did. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess in the end, as long as, like we said, you're doing what's pleasing to the Lord, you're taking care of your household, you have money set aside for your, you know, your, your next generation, your children, your grandchildren, you know, being thoughtful for them, because even that's scriptural that we should have an inheritance tucked yeah. away. And it's not just teach him Jesus. I've right. heard that's so many people thing. say, oh, that's the inheritance. Right. Of course, absolutely. That is the first thing that you should be teaching your children. Correct. But now what can you benefit your child at, you know, in your retirement age, if you're asking them now to care for you, care for you, you know, right. no, you should be setting aside right. something for your children right. and something your right. children can set aside for their children right. it's just the way it works yes yeah so um scripturally yeah i do agree that um your children i think those are your most valuable asset as an adult definitely a man and a woman those are your most valuable assets so yes you're supposed to set them up where they can be as successful as possible and i mean yeah, you're supposed to leave something for them so they got a good start, a good boost. Obviously, the fear of the Lord, the commandments, teach them the scriptures, the Sabbath, the feast days, the dietary law, to please the Lord first and humble themselves. But also, you're supposed to set them up where they got a good chance in this world that you know to come. And it, it's not looking as good right now. So you're supposed to give them that opportunity to be successful. So, yes, finance, that comes into play, obviously. You know, whatever you can set them up with, you got to give them a chance. It's good to say, hey, go get a job. That's great, but they're starting from the bottom. A lot of kids hear that, and they end up seeing these drug dealers and 
rappers and people telling them, hey, you can make some money this way. And they end up doing selling drugs, doing drugs because they don't have they have to work so hard from the bottom and start off. We as parents, I believe that we're supposed to give our kids avenues, things of that nature and finance so that they can have that opportunity to grow. Yeah, I think it's in Matthew that it says, you know, about laying up your treasures that where the moss and the raw the, the where the moss and the rust can't destroy them yeah. you know the, the thief can't break in to steal it you uh, know where uh, your heart is so your treasure will be and i think it's in ecclesiastics or proverbs where solomon is saying that a wise man he's liking a wise man is someone you know that will leave uh inheritance like you said earlier for his kids and his kids kids like you know that you understand that these they're going to need something that's why inheritance was so big in israel's culture their firstborn obviously got the most and then so on the younger ones got something also you know but everybody but the firstborn got the most and if he progresses and grows it grows that he can help out the younger ones also it's just a progression that financially is so clear-cut blueprint for success and give your kids chances as opposed to having them poverty stricken where they're where they're gonna steal because they're hungry they're gonna break the law and do things and sell drugs whatever in this modern times so many things can happen if you don't you know you don't foresee the future with a three-dimensional minds thought mindset yeah, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Yeah, right. But, you That's know. That's the wisdom that God provides for you. That you can see the future and not exactly how it's going to turn out, but how you can provide an opportunity for your kids to be successful in the future. You can perceive that. They're faith not, is the evidence uh, for things not seen. Right. Your faith uh, knows that the Lord will provide a way. Correct. He's going to open a way. You just got to set them up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, just have something, be able to, you know, help out and do your, do what you can for you, you know, for who you can, when you can, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap it up this evening. Yeah, that was yeah. a great conversation. I love it. Next time we're going to have more scriptures pertaining to the things, but this is freelance just talking about. Yeah. And hope you all enjoy this. Anybody that watches. Listens. You know, subscribe, like, and subscribe. You can email us at all the little f's podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you have you. any questions, comments, want to get in touch with us, all the little f's podcast. Any questions? Yeah. At gmail.com. I am Martha. This is my Mr. Marvell. Peace. We want to leave you with uh, Ecclesiastics in the end. Um, oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. So, through life, like I said in the beginning, these things intertwine. And life might get crazy and overwhelming. But, you know, our focus is, in the end of the day, we want salvation. We want to make it to the Lord. So, Ecclesiastics reminds us. I, you know, I want the, I don't want the ESV. I want the King James Version. It sounds the best. It's the best. 
Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Whole, the, what, 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 how do they say that? What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning What's of the me- life? Did you ever know that you can flip open the Bible and really go to the meaning of life? Yeah, you can find you the can. meaning of life in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Let's hear the whole matter. Uh, the, the, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's hear the what it takes to, um, you know, what, what's... What God wants yeah. from man. So Fear God he and keep his commandments. That prize, this that is the whole duty of man. So it doesn't matter if you get a PhD. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed or the garbage man or what have kids, it. You got one kid. This is it. You got a great job. You got one job. Whatever. And we all have the same job. Every single one of us right. have the same no job. where you are in life. This Fear God and keep his commandments. It's the duty of the, uh, it's the whole duty of all man. Right. For God shall bring every work into judgment, right. every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. So right. it doesn't matter if all you do in life is good things because you're a good person. If you're not fearing God and keeping his commandments, you're going to be judged against that. Right. And likewise, because so you need to learn what God wants you to do, not what you think. I'm a good person. I love Jesus. Okay, you love Him. We'll prove that in the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures, how do you love God? That's a question. In case anybody want to get that question, send us the answer. Oh, we, we totally know the answer. Long-winded. Hit us with that. What you, according to the Scriptures, so study. Yeah, I heard some sisters talking this evening after Sabbath um, about the love language. And, you know, um, we accept that there is a modern day love language between couples. You know, some people, uh, some couples, uh, the spouse may be more inclined to words of affections versus touch or um possessions you know some people they don't know you love them unless you're giving them something (laughs) christ only knows you love him if you keep his commandments yeah so stop and consider that you know But like I said, my name is Martha. This is my Mr. Marvell. You can reach it at All the Little F's podcast, and we'll be back again. I came and shut it off. (laughs)